we're back. The Hoop Journal podcast has made its return. The NBA offseason is over. NBA media day has come and gone. The Mavericks are preparing for a preseason game right now in Europe. And so with that, I have two of the best in the business here with me to help me make my return. I'm joined by Nick, a.k.a. Lakers Supply, as well as my main man, Mitch, Mr. Cider himself. I'm not even going to ask. I know we're we're three weeks away from the start of the season. I'm not even going to ask. I know you guys are are pumped and jacked. So we'll just jump right into it. I think uh, we have to get started by talking about the Damian Lillard trade, him obviously going to Milwaukee. And so, Nick, I'll go to you first. The thing I want to get to right off the bat, is Miami the bigger loser here or is Milwaukee the bigger winner by landing Dame, if you had to pick one? A loser, without a doubt. They gave up their entire depth banking on this one play. They did in for it, and it backfired. And they could have salvaged it had they landed Drew. That didn't happen because they, again, didn't go all in for Drew. So I don't know what their plan is. Jimmy's, what, 35, 36 now? I mean, he showed one day in an emo look saying this is how he felt. <laughs> I get that that's his how that team, but to a certain extent, you got to you gotta take that serious. Like, he went from... They legitimately looked like they could have made it went back to the finals had they landed Dave, even with the improvements in the East. But man, not now. I don't I, I don't see it happening. Valuable depth pieces. Oh god. They replaced it with Thomas Bryant and Kyle Lowry's expected to start now. I mean it, it's just all going. Mitch, are you scratching off the heat? As potential contenders this season, or are you still not counting them out? Heat culture. I'm, I'm, I'm removing them from potential contenders, but I'll play devil's advocate here and say winner because number one, Giannis openly to the media. You know what? I don't know what's in the cards in the future. I don't know what my future holds. I don't know where I'm going to be. I've just heard that and said, all right, bet and acquired him another top ten player to play alongside. Not only a top 10 player, but for the first time in the entirety of Giannis being on this planet, next to a player who demands similar, if not more gravity than he does in terms of a volatile playmaker and scorer. Because yes, Giannis's paint gravity is a thing, but in recent years, and you can look at the Drew vacuum respectively, having your guard be somebody who can take and facilitate to the same extent that Giannis can, if not more, has just opened up his game exponentially. So now you have a guy who is used to being the closer. He's used to being the guy who dominates the ball, playing with the first vertical big he's ever played with in his entire life. So not only are they going to be a hilariously fun team to watch, but they are going to be like, dare I say, probably the most lethal duo in the league today. Yeah, I think I think best duo um, in the league right now for sure. But what interests me even more than than just the pairing itself is how much better they're going to make each other because this is the best player that either of them have ever played with, and it's a fit that makes so much sense. Like like you said yeah, right before we were started recording, this is probably the best partner for Giannis. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like like Mitch was saying before we we started recording, like Dame has never had a big like Giannis that he can throw lobs to. He's never had an athletic big anywhere in the realm of Giannis and then on the other end Giannis has never had a guard that he's been paired with that that is such a threat with the ball in his hands like Dane so I think it's going to make both of their games like it's going to make it easier on both of them and they're just going to be even better offensively than we saw you know last season well I I don't see Milwaukee as the biggest huge you upgrade from Marcus Smart to Drew Holiday what it was in a vacuum but at that lead guard spot that's essentially what it was Quotes coming out of today, Chris Middleton is still not healthy after having the entire summer off. So what is he going to look like uh, a massive contract? Is Brooke Lopez going to still be the same player he was? So we saw him tail off again. You've got Pat Connerton as your default starter at two-guard? Is that who, who, who we're going with? I think Marion Beauchamp should be the starter. Pat Connerton. I mean, the defense, yeah. like I could, I could see by the end of the year, maybe starting uh, yeah, i don't I know if he's ready for that right now again think... like i think whenever he's on um, the 25th pat content is probably gonna be starting i think pat content is a pretty serviceable starting two guard oh Given i'm not saying he's starting he's next to at him. all i think he's probably the he's probably the worst 
of the top tier contenders. Actually, not even sure. probably. That's a fact. He's definitely yeah. the worst of the top five contenders. Sure. But, I mean, he's definitely their fifth starter. So it's I mean, not like, it's like they're relying Unless on... they try and play Jay Crowder and put I mean, Chris oh, back at the two. I don't know about that. That makes you pretty slow. It does, but, I mean, you've got the length to make up for it. I suppose. I was going to say you could start Malik Beasley at the two. I'm just saying. For regular season, yeah. I just say I know your team tried that, but maybe the the gravity opens up his jump shot again and imagine gravity. He had wide open shots in LA. He just bricked them. Listen, he, I, I he's just a high vault. He might go nine for twelve one game and then the next he's one for twelve. Fuck it. We start he, campaigning. He's incredibly Paying at the two. There we go. We ride. Bucks Nation, we ride. If they had got Reggie Bullock, him starting at the two was an enticing idea. I don't know what they do. I mean, you're the Toronto guy. Is Nate Adrian going to uh, Adrian, Adrian Griffin going to follow? Yeah. Nate Adrian's a WVU player. That's why I got <laughs> Is Is he going to follow more along like with Nick Nurse does? you think he'll try and do his own thing? I think he'll try to lay like a foundation of originality, but the, the Bucks identity has literally been we like you you meet Giannis and Lopez in the paint that that's kind of what it is like Dame's gonna get blown by that's just the point like that is a quantifiable fact at this point in his career yeah he can stay in front of a lot of slower twos but like he's by like majority of the starting guards in the league that's okay on offense and because you have Giannis and Brooke Lopez as roamers, but like you said, does Brook a little bit? Does Middleton come out of the gate as Their core is still aging. That was the issue over the summer before the day trade. Everyone said they're getting older. They don't have an avenue to get younger. That's still true as good as Dame is. I don't agree he's top 10 anymore. I think that some of the younger guys have passed him up because of history. Not saying he's bad by any means. Like He had a career scoring year last year. They're still older. They now have maybe one pick to trade. Like in terms of capital, they're in a boat of like if there's not a chip in the next three seasons, you're you're kind of. They have three seasons. I, I mean, yeah, three Giannis seasons. Still said he, he said it doesn't make money sense financially or with where the franchise stands. He said he wants to see everyone committed to winning, and he wants to win. So they realistically got a two-year window. I mean, if you like, if they make the Eastern Conference Finals, you don't think Giannis tries to run it? With it depends. Dame one more if it's year, a like, competitive I, Eastern Conference swept, I'm not saying they would, but if that's the likelihood that they're yeah, I think I think there's a world where if they're they're a second round out. exit, like we could be looking at Giannis trade trade offers next summer. And guess what? That's the Masai Master Plan, baby. He's playing the long con. Nick, are are the the Bucks not the favorites in the East too? Do you think it's the Celtics now that they've gotten Drew? I'd say co-favorites, but I think in a series I might pick Boston over them. I don't know. I, Boston's top six is probably the best in the entire. Area. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask you next. I think it is. I think they have the best best starting lineup or the best six, you know, six guys. Um, their depth though but, is, is, but you know, it falls off the pretty depth, quick after the that. Be- depth for both Milwaukee, it, it's very shaky. If they get if they get injury an injury to like Porzingis. Because at this point in his career, I'm not. It's nothing against him. I'm not going to hope he's, it does. He's injured happen. right now. You got to pencil him in to miss at least 20 games. It's the same as guys like AD, LeBron, all of them. You just have to factor it in to the calculus. I think in a vacuum too. If we flash back to the last time Drew Holiday and Mono a Mono, how Drew cooked his fucking ass on live television on a consistent. Well, I know. Well, I'm just. I mean, that I'm was that was saying. six years ago. I'm Drew also wasn't going to have lead guard responsibilities like he's going to have now because that was Rondo. They're just backing him up in the paint. No, but but the know, so he really could over, he could no, over point line and then funnel no, him into AD. And it, that's just a black hole. I mean, we've seen that in the playoffs for years. Who he does have sitting behind him, Tingus Pingus, the man who's going to fucking clean those boards. Chris Stops played 33 games this year. For those 33 games, he's going to be dominant as fuck. <laughs> And then, you know, he's going to tweak his ankle and then sprain his fucking pinky, you know, but for the guys, <laughs> we haven't even played a preseason game yet. Listen, he's already, he's already hurt to start the season, but yeah, I think if you know he does what? make it, if he does manage to make it through the season, I, I think that the Celtics have the best lineup in the league. 
that should bear out with with the addition of Drew and KP. Carry them through eighty two games to get a good seed. Yeah, I mean, I don't really always been a good regular season. You can go through any team in the league and and use the qualifier of they have to stay healthy. There's not really a team out there that is good. You have rock solid health. So, but there's also teams where you have to factor that in. Like Drew hasn't, KP obviously hasn't. Al Horford's thirty seven. You could go to Suns, the Lakers, the Bucks, uh, even the Nuggets. I mean, is Michael Porter Jr. going to stay healthy for a full year? Yeah, you know, but the questions with anybody. Jokic and Murray. That I mean, that's. I mean, they. I mean, the Nuggets. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into them later. But them losing Bruce Brown hurts them more for the playoffs than it does the regular season. Because I mean, so they're out there, and Jokic just makes everyone so much better. Yeah. Let's move to, uh, I guess, the final piece of this trade, which is um, the Suns coming in and making the the Dame deal a three teamer. Um, so Aiton goes to Portland, and the Suns get back Nurkic, Grayson Allen. Uh, Keon Johnson. So I'll, I'll go to Mitch first. I'm curious because I, I, I'm very confused by the straights. I'm curious what, what Mr. Sider has for this one. For a team who had already kind of cleaned up the whole depth situation, because they weren't going to run a full 10-man rotation. That just wasn't going to happen. For you to swoop in and actually move Aiton for depth and Nurkic... While I understand he would want to be there, like his, preferably he would be in the Indiana right now. Ah, uh, that would be super happy case. But Nurkic, for what he brings to the table, I don't see this as I've seen people call it lateral, which seems disrespectful to Aiden as as much as Aiden has pissed the bed, and I've seen people call this an upgrade, which is abysmal in terms of window and in terms of like how you're going about because you're, you're the sun's team going all in. I get it. You know what? You don't want to wait for Aiden to become dominant ashes, but it's not enough. You've seen him be a, a little scared puppy. You're, you don't want him to, when has Nurkic been an enforcer since when has he been the, the embodiment of health and stability and never. Not since he broke his not, leg. That's like, he has not been the rough and, guy like he he's looked great next to dame at times but in a in a vacuum of playing next to beal book and kd i like i the draw to nurk i don't understand why you go out of your way to off for this unless there was more behind the scenes that i don't know about there was he requested a trade that's what like if he was like very disgruntled with the organization which you know relationship wise it seems like it. I just like I'm just sitting at it going like why why what what was the point of Nurkic? I don't. Yeah, I don't. Even it doesn't if you move requested me. a trade, even if you you know why did they have to go and get Nurkic? It doesn't make any sense. Like and to to your point, Mitch, about anyone who said that this was a lateral move or even an upgrade, I think they just haven't watched the Blazers since they were good. Nurkic has not yeah. been good in a long time. He's not good anymore. And the idea that he's going to come in and replace DeAndre Ayton and be a starting center on a team that's trying to win the title this year, there is, uh, it's crazy. There is no lineup. There is no lineup that can play. And I promise you, because I saw this over the course of three years, there is no lineup he can play where there's one above average defender at their position. Oh, on the Suns? Oh, yes, on the Suns. Ayton is dog shit. I'll be the first to say it. He, not Ayton. Nurkic, sorry. I mean, they both are. But Nurkic... Has not been a good defender since he broke his leg. 2019. 2019, yeah. Yeah. That's four years ago. Can play in spurts, but over an 82-game regular season, he's not going to be some defensive love, defensive all-defense level player. Booker, maybe the argument with him having less of an offensive responsibility, but they're reportedly going to play him at point guard, let him facilitate. Him and Beal are going to share it. Bradley Beal is the same category as Dame. He just can't do it. That's been proven scientifically over the years. So who's your fifth starter? Your your, your, your best lineup would be like Josh Okogie. Like that yeah, would be Josh Okogie. That that would be your best yeah. defender. And like, don't get me wrong, dude can stay in front of me and my dad at the rec center. But like, he's getting. Hooked. I don't want to hear it. Like he's fine. He'll he's try, thing. and you yeah, can't he's... fault him for trying. They yeah. take, This is what I I don't understand about people saying they got depth from the trade. What functional depth did they get? Yeah, absolutely not. They got worse at center, and then they got a guy in Grayson Allen. Damn who... ball. Nasir Little. 
he's not a defender. I mean, he's an offensive spark plug. The last time we saw Frank Vogel have an offense heavy light on defense, he got fired two minutes after their season ended. Yeah, if anyone can turn this this roster into a decent defensive squad, it's Frank Vogel, but he's not being given much to work with. I'll say that. I promise you right now they will not be a top 15 offensive team. Now, what do we think of quickly, but then we'll wrap up the whole Dame four-team, five-team saga. Um, what do we think about Robert Williams going to Portland alongside Aiden um, and the idea of them potentially starting together? Is that what is that what their plan I've seen, I mean, I've seen it thrown out there. I, I, they haven't said that as far as I know. But oh, I didn't know if that was a, a story. I knew like people were speculating they could. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's just speculation. I think in a back, like in spurts, that makes sense. But I still think the lineup that they throw out most commonly is going to be Scoot, Diamonds, Sharp, Grant, and Aiton. I think that's going to be like I agree. the most yeah, common. I, I think that makes you see. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a bunch to see like the Aiton and Williams kind of four and the five and mm -hmm. then because like like even having like simon sharp tall consistent lineup because like scoot scrapes six three right six two six i think three. he's six three rounding up he's like a russ six three rounding up sharp six six simon's is only six three so like you've got like um you got no size like an interest got interesting you've got flexibility and movement but you don't have no size so i mean like robert williams and then aiden starting with my issue with that is like in terms of fit because rob very much a inside the arc roamer mm -hmm. and aiden to uh the edge of my bedroom in terms of his jumper lately so it's like functionality wise how do you make that work because Scoot's yeah, going to be penning. Like, Scoot yeah, Anderson is exactly going to be attacking yeah. the cup every possession. Yeah. And while Sharp's jumper's coming along and Simons is a knockdown shooter, you then have the bodies in the paint anyway. So it's like, will it be fun? Yes. Will it work long term? I don't think so. Oh, they'll yeah. be a fun team to watch. Yeah, I think they'll be a lot of fun. I don't games. see them. What, what I don't think really... they're more than like 25 games. Yeah, I'm not so sure. But I, I, don't, I don't know because. On the one end, like, yeah, you expect them to tank and not really try to necessarily win games. But what really intrigues me about them getting Rob Williams is, and obviously Rob's going to play you know, 45 games, 60 games, whatever it is. But when he does play, like, they're going to have 48 minutes of really good center play, which, you know, you're giving Scoot Henderson 48 minutes of, of someone that he can run a pick and roll with consistently. That could lead to a, a pretty high floor of competence that leads to more wins than, like, maybe we're expecting. Do you think they'll be able to flip Graham at the deadline with that five-year contract? No, no, absolutely. So that's what they're going to try to do. No, no. I mean, they don't have, probably have to include a pick to offload that. Yeah, four and a half years of of Grant Williams, I don't, or Grant Williams, of of Jeremy Grant is um is I not mean, something I think anyone's be on the hook for like no, I don't think hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah, like I think I I mentioned this maybe it was the last time I did a pod. I don't know. It's been so long at this point, but the contract would have been fine if it was not for five years or not, you know, offered right after Dame requested his trade, but right before, I guess, because yeah. I think Jeremy Grant's was, really I mean, good. It was, he, but... He's very good, but like the issue, Dame said, I'll give you free agency to make the team better. Five-year deal, Dame requests a trade, and they still stick with that contract. Can't yeah, really it, go it, back it, on it, negotiations, but if you could, you probably could have tried to whittle it down to if you, three year deal. That's incredibly movable. Yeah, the five year, the five year is really the issue there with with that because I think Jeremy Grant's a really good player. But yeah, I don't, I don't see, and he's thirty now. I don't see anyone trading for four and a half years of of uh, of Jeremy Grant. Um, all right, so yeah, so let, let's wrap it there. I think we fit all the all the big points of uh, of the whole Dame trade situation. So we'll take a quick break, and then I want to talk about some other acquisitions that were made this offseason. And we're back. All right, so now I want to jump to. Talking about just some other acquisitions around the league. Obviously, Dame headlined uh, the offseason uh, going to Milwaukee, but I want to talk about maybe some underrated, some under-the-radar acquisitions. So, Mitch, I will jump to you first. Who do you think is the most underrated acquisition of this offseason? All right, I got two. And the first one, you know, kind of makes sense and kind of doesn't. Okay. So, I I think Philly pick Oubre is low-key such an important piece for them. Um, it was another sort of like transition partner for Maxi, another like kind of guy who can sort of like blitz, blitz the fast break, really get vertical. His shooting, or he he really stroked that thing. Ubre has like actually 
been a very I don't know how he looks post injury, but I do know for a fact that he's gonna be like a kind of underrated acquisition. I lied, I've got three. The other one, uh, you know, little homer for my boy picking up Jared V on such a nice extension. That is like if you were to like you ever you ever get like a Wendy's five for five? They six pieces of delicious Wendy's cuisine for three dollars. Pulled off a fantastic extension. I don't know about his agent. His agent might need to be looked into because he totally could have gotten more. But it's like for the Lakers, perfect. Maybe That's a, a four for forty-eight. Spot. Well, well, here, here's the thing for him. He probably he might have got more on the open market, but turn down forty-eight million dollars when you've made like five million in your entire career. Yeah. See, that makes that's where it makes sense to me. Yeah, re-signing Hart and getting Dante DiVincenzo. I I think those are like for the culture. First of all, the Villanova boys are all back in town. That's like that's a feel-good moment. And for the kind of like plug-and-play utility of having like really who are like three and D experts. I know it's not the flashiest of signings, and I know it's not, uh, but. It's it's those little kind of like you know needle, like move it enough over time that I think they're like really good plug-in spots for New York. I mean, I could have copped out and said Delano Benton to Boston or Dante Exum to uh, the Mavericks or uh, Dennis Smith Jr. in terms of Brooklyn. I could have said all this, but you know, if if I'm if I'm being honest here, looking at all of the. I think I really got to choose uh, the Wolves signing Vit Krevjevi. You know? <laughs> that right there, underrated. League-altering addition by, by the Timberwolves there. Yeah, so I asked you for the most underrated acquisition of the offseason. You gave me about seven, which I appreciate. These are the, these are the reasons I bring you on, Mitch. I got to say, though, I'm pretty uninspired by the Kelly Oubre Jr. pick. Put up probably the least significant 22 points per game of all time last season for the Hornets. I think he improves like their wing slash forward rotation, given how piss poor it was before they added him still pretty bad. I don't know. I I feel like he's going to help them. He's going to play, but I'm uninspired by that pick. I got to be honest. Yeah. With all the shit flying around in Philly, he's, he's not doing anything. Yeah. He's a super, super subplot for what the Sixers have going on right now. Yeah. What say you, Nick? What do you think is the most underrated acquisition of the offseason? I also had two, and they were both Lakers. One was the Vando. If he says oh, Christian Wood, Lakers. No, 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 it's not, it's, not, it's not Christian Wood, I promise. It was uh, D'Lo waiving his no-trade clause. Mm, okay. So he had his two-year contract he signed. He would have had an implied no-trade clause. He waived that. So now have essentially Interesting. close to – no, over fifty million in matching salary for the trade deadline. Very interesting. I didn't feel like they need to consolidate. The, I didn't realize he had the uh, the no trade clause. I see. Okay. Okay, that is actually a very underrated uh, thing this offseason, then, because yeah, I'd have to imagine that uh, the Lakers will be looking to trade D'Angelo Russell along with some other salaries. Yeah, so eventually like can be Kyrie traded. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, D'Lo would really match perfectly with Kyrie. They're a couple million short, but I mean that's. Let's see. D'Lo can be traded. Uh, Gabe Vincent can be traded the 15th. Prince the 15th. Rui and Austin technically have to wait till January 15th, but I don't... I mean, Austin's... Up. This bro's prepping the blow-up already. <laughs> no, I'm He's not got prepping the, the dates on his calendar. He's like... I got the dates ready. I, uh... No, I made that fake trade where I said Drew is the Lakers with one option. It was a Kyrie trade. And I think there's, like... Within two of it, I had... Probably 25, 30 comments telling me to fuck off, basically. <laughs> that's all of your posts, if we're being honest, though. It, that's, that's the fun ones, yeah. It's either it's either fake lineup or most underrated acquisitions. I went with one Sasha Vizenkov of the Sacramento Kings, former EuroLeague MVP. I think that he's going to come in and not only be a Rookie of the Year candidate, but I think he could potentially be a starter for them or if not a guy in their closing lineup. I think he's going to be better than Harrison Barnes was for them this past season. 
okay, yeah, maybe not the highest bar in the world, but I think he's going to come in and make a really big impact right away. I think he's someone that hasn't really been talked about at all other than the day he got signed, I think. I tell you what, Javon Carter to the Bulls, if the Bulls weren't, you know. Yeah, if the Bulls weren't like the least inspiring NBA team. (laughs) He says, I see you, Alex, and I'll raise you Javon Carter. (laughs) Get fucked. Your Sacramento Kings acquisition. I don't give no shits about it. I don't. I don't give any respect to Sacramento. I sleep. I sleep on that take. AC on. Windows cracked open. Fresh sheets. Wait, so you guys. You guys. Lavender linen spray. Be but, good, but they're due for regression. I think they overachieved last year. Sure, but I they mean, got better. Sabonis is a great regular season player. Like they're going to get wins, but I think I, I so much better. Look at it. The teams I can clearly say are going to be better for the regular season. The Nuggets, the Lakers, the Suns. You could argue Golden Health, depending. I think that they have a better roster. Playoffs showed that. Clippers have a better roster. I think Dallas will be well, let's, in that tier. Well, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump into the standings because I think after that top three, you can make an argument for a lot of different teams in the West. So. <laughs> Look at Mitch's eyes. <laughs> but he tried to. Just sneak Mavericks in there like I wouldn't notice. No, 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 no. Same tier. They're in the same tier. So, all right, yeah, Nick, you said Denver, Phoenix, and the Lakers top three, and then what's the rest of your top ten in the West? Well, that's 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 what's hard is because those three are the are the the top tier. The rest fluctuate so much. I've got um, yeah, I think that's a, that's the top tier in the West. I've got eight teams in that next tier, and I think there's some separation. Eight. Between, yes. Can crack. The three through eleven. Throwing the rock gets in there just for the, the sake of argument. I've got listen. I'm okay. not throwing listen, eight together. I, I've got I've got Golden State, Minnesota, Sacramento, the Clippers, OKC, New Orleans, Dallas, Memphis. Not necessarily in that order, but those eight teams you could tell me would be the four through eleven in really any order, and and I, I would hear you out. All right, so I'm gonna start top down. I- I think, I, agree, I think we agree on Denver, Denver, Phoenix, Lakers. Denver and LA. I go back and forth between the one and two seed because of the depth versus the respecting right. depth. So though one or two, three is Phoenix. Yes. Whole new tier. I would probably say OKC five. OKC five. Golden State six. I don't. I don't know if no. I, let me back up. Golden State five, Clippers six, OKC seven. Because I Luster is going to end up just like it was last year, where like. One game separates five seeds. Yeah, right. I, Wait, sorry. Who did you have? I don't you know, have man. Four Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Okay, interesting. Just because I think Ant after play. So you have you have Memphis in the playing a... tournament. I do. I I th- I don't. Twenty five games with Ja. Losing Tyus Jones, who is a legit I... point guard. I I I don't trust Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't trust T Rex. Marcus <laughs> Smart's not. If he's your play, if he's your lead playmaker, I don't know if I trust that offense. Really, really good. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't. If they play five hundred ball with Jaw, they could fight for the five seed. If you're they saying, go like, like if they go twelve, you say you can't. If they go twelve, they go twelve. And, if they go twelve and thirteen, they could fight for four five seed. But I, I could, I could see them going nine and fifteen. I really could. I don't know. I don't really think they're gonna fall off that much. I really feel like well, I, well their their schedule's tough. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is not. I no, I haven't. Really like those twenty-five games, it it it's it's a little rough. Well, I, I think even with the Pelicans, Nuggets, Wizards, Gimme, Dallas, same tier. Dallas probably wins without Jaw. The Jazz, the Blazers twice. Yeah, well, it doesn't sound so bad to the me. Heat. I don't know. Well, here's where it gets tough: Clippers, Lakers, Celtics, Suns, Wolves. All right. Mavericks, Suns, Mavericks. Okay, a bunch of losses in there. Um, I think the yes the the biggest question in terms of how they're gonna do while Jaws out is how much is Steven Adams gonna play because they they fell off after he got hurt last year and there hasn't been much word in terms of if he's healthy or not if he's ready to go for the start of the season if he's not I think be at there, media day he said he was a hundred percent okay because yeah if he's gonna miss any time then I, I really worry about them because I think they can they can with with smart you know they can fill the point guard minutes but without steven adams like they're kind of fucked I'm so, at least so as far hard. as the regular season goes i was gonna say i'm sleeping so hard on this memphis team jackson jr wasn't even gonna be remotely close to a keeper for me in a four-man keeper league <laughs> just putting that out there all right don't give two shits about his 27 get six fouls third way yeah that's third. still a big issue i mean 
yeah like the fact that, that, that hasn't gotten better is absolutely bad. abysmal yeah the fact that he hasn't improved the foul issue it, it's a problem man it's really holding him back it's yeah it, it's holding him back on top of the fact that yeah sure you swallow up three blocks that's awesome but the fact that you only get 29 minutes is it's like that's that's really the crux of it is like oh i'm super cool that you led the league in you were the most deflections at the rim, but then you can't play a full game. And basically, if you play 82 games at that point, I'm only getting about 74 games worth out of you minutes-wise. He, he, so, right. he played five more games in AD and played 50 less minutes because of his foul trouble. I mean. yeah. wow. Think about yeah. that. Think of all the shit that AD gets for missing games, and he played more minutes than defensive player. It's a problem. That is crazy. Wow. Yeah, and it's one thing to block three shots a game, but if you're giving all those points back at the free throw line because you're averaging four and a half fouls a game, then you know what what value is that really bringing? Plus, but, he wouldn't jump with and that's pussy shit. I'm just <laughs> that saying. Is pussy. All right, Mitch. So, what's your top ten in the West? Denver, Phoenix, Golden State. I think those three round out the top three. Uh one couple wins behind, probably better california teams the sacramento kings at mm. number four coming in at number five i do have to show respect to the los angeles lake number six this is where people are gonna get langy i the mavericks round out number six. Oh, i know listen Ugh. listen okay. listen ready for this disrespect nick's gonna love this disrespect Number seven is OKC. Okay. Number eight is the Clippers behind Chet and Shea. That's me. I'd like to believe I can get I can get behind the Clippers hate because personally I don't think the the, the games played is going to be there. And then nine and ten and Memphis somewhere between there. You can vice versa those two, but Memphis and who? I think that's See, where it is. The Clippers confuse me because. I don't know if I want them to trade and make them worse or if it scares me because Marcus Morris sucks. Robert sucks. Norm Powell's a shot chucker. He's going to take away from Kawhi and Paul George. That's got to be the crux of the trade salary wise. But then it's James Harden can disappear at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think he makes the Clippers better, even if it's Marcus Morris and picks because that's that you have the most unreliable team of all time at that point. And they don't like each other. Yeah, there's no way that works. I, I don't see how you could if you're in trade rumors all day. Like Paul George today at, at trade because Woj tweeted it or retweeted it. He's he was doing post practice today and he said that his reps are talking with the Clippers front office and he wants to be there long term, but the, he said they have to want it too, is what he said word for word. Hmm. So I think I think they're letting Kawhi and PG play it out. They're not giving them the attention, which, to be fair, is, is a very valid stand to take when they yeah. combine for. And your biggest playoff achievement is a blood. Take me back to 2019. Why? Why did you leave Kawhi? You could have had it all. You could have had everything. That Lakers Raptors finals would have been fun. I, I think my East might piss some people off, though. Your the East, East is hard, been, man. I f- really, I feel like. Th- the the East was relatively pretty easy. Like figuring out who's going to be in the plan versus who's going to be the eleven seed. Like I think, it should, I think but for different the top reasons. six, like the West. I don't know. The West is so good that you could teams in any order, and I could reasonably right. understand it. Like Mitch didn't understand a good chunk of it, but the <laughs> East is so fucking mid. Wait, no timeout. Actually, timeout, timeout. No, before we move on to the East, da- Mitch needs to explain his Dallas sixth pick because I cannot get behind that one. I need him to explain right. Golden State at three. All right, I can explain both of them, and you're not going to like the reasoning, you guys, and your stupid analytics. I'm a firm believer in the eye test. You put two purest hoopers of all fucking time next to each other, you're going to get buckets. You're yeah. going to get but. I don't give a fuck at the defense. I don't give a fuck about the spacing. They've got Rashawn Holmes, the the worst Dude, they're version. They're starting to listen, listen. <laughs> Kyrie, 
may have anti-Semitic beliefs, may think the world is flat, may have 0.01% Cherokee in him and thinks that gives him a status card. But he can put the damn ball in the basket and it makes it nice. Luca, the king of the count, the 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 fucking hip swaying, swinging, you know, he's got the counters. You put those two. That's an <laughs> and one mixtape. I don't give a damn about, you know, statistically, maybe the, the worst perimeter defense in the entire league. Maybe statistically worst uh half court you know, transition defense, but great in the open floor. Half-court offense going to be firing off cylinders. Shooting's going to be insane. The playmaking on 10, the clutch minutes, I don't give a fuck. Honestly, if it in, if I had it in a perfect run the 2K simulation 100 times over, and you know how many times I'd see Luka come out as an MVP? Zero, because the engine doesn't like him. But he wins MVP for me all the time. The oh, last yeah. seven times it's been fucking Victor, Rody, and MVP for me. Understandable. Victor has been Wembenyana has been ridden every time I play fucking two K. Oh. I don't understand. Oh, it's like Luka's the Hawks and the Spurs get all the love. Now here's here's my pitch for the Golden State Warriors though. All right. I before the pod began, I chirped for you know having to guard fours. But what's going to be funnier? Play guarding. Or CP3 guarding the main ball handler. Oh, jeez. Um, What's going to be funny? This is totally against your point of them being the three seed. You understand this, correct? Now, listen, listen. All that defense means they put half as much effort on that end. Twice as much offense. As the game of zones have taught me well, if you try twice as hard as offense and half as hard on defense, you will score more points than the this other team. This is boy math means you win finest right here. Boy, Matt, that is if I Listen, listen. I saw Chris Paul dunking today, and that's all I needed to see to believe. Chris Paul's right? been dunking for years. I don't give a shit if he's done. That's like saying, oh, LeBron James dunked practice today. That is not the same thing. I want to make it very care. clear to all Hoop Journal podcast listeners out there, that is not the same thing. <laughs> we do not con- – that, that take is a is a incoherent babble. With, th- with that okay, being I said, with that being I said, them as the three seeds, like you got to really – one Chris Paul is dunking. Off an assistant coach lob on a nine and a shut up. You know that rim was short, and it looked short from the video too because it was. Like- it was short. It was not. Promise like you. And he barely. I know it was short because he he had room to spare. That's what he's like that. He's like ah. Anyways, no, but I think I think realistically speaking, seeing Chris Paul and like we've seen him in a multi the years because he's taken more of like the mid-range connoisseur kind of assassin lately uh and i think it's because the the lift and legs is gone like the threes are mostly stationary he's not chucking out the like let's flash back to houston on someone like the wild isolation takes he would have like that's just not who he is anymore but steph curry gravity Opens up a little bit more wiggle. I just think that it's a fun lineup. And I think a top three seed, especially because there's going to be two games separating them and the Kings, and then one more game separating the Kings and the Lakers. It could literally go my or kind of thing. Like, who knows? What if Bradley Beal, Man of Steel, as they've called him now for some reason, even though he's missed like a good 35% of the games <laughs> he's played. I saw a Phoenix fans. is on real quick. You motherfuckers have no idea what no, your own no. team consists of in terms of players who step on the court. You haven't seen Nurkic play a single men's 2018, I bet. You probably think that he's still the crazy stretch big who blocks shots and gets 50 The 5-5-5 five, 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 Nurkic. That's who they oh, think they're no, getting. That, that guy's long gone. He's not him anymore. No. Speaking and of men and steel, shout out, shout out Karen. Speaking of men and steel and injuries, I think we should mention that Draymond Green is out three to six weeks with a sprained ankle. That puts a huge what? damper in your three-seed plans, I think. Does I mean that's ten games he's missing right there? Guess what? Guess what? Five. Fuck it, we ball. Golden State Nation, we ride. So when they're healthy, who's who's their starting five? I think Chris Paul comes off the bench. It only makes sense in a in a perfect world. No, 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 no. Comes off the world we live in right now, with egos and all that factored in. You know, six foot one, thirty eight year old Chris Paul has an ego. That's why he's still in the league. All right, we got. CP3, Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Les, Ru- 
Looney. Lakers, Lakers and, and Mavericks, we don't give a fuck about those teams because we have transition offense. All right. Steve Kerr cooking up something crazy. Wiggins locking down anymore. that. What I'm what I'm gathering from this conversation is that Mitchell made his standings predictions off of buckets and vibes and nothing else. Hey, Dario Saric and fucking Rudy Gay coming off. I, the band. Love that. You, you is Rudy Gay? I thought he, is he get? Is it a guaranteed contract? I thought it was a training. I think it, no, I think it was a vet minimum. I believe. Wow, they are the twenty-one Lakers made up. And then you got Moses Moody and Cumbucket and Gary Payton, who's not going to be there. Um, Robinson Earl. Let's Jeremiah go. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Another Let's underrated go. acquisition. Uh, I think they got Corey Joseph and Roddy McGruder. They did. Gruder, he's out of the league soon. They brought in. And they then, brought in uh, all of Draymond Green's favorite players. There's, there's you, another guy. Did you guys see what, what uh, Jordan Poole said to him? Like it came out what he told. Him yeah, out. he said Draymond's an expensive backpack for thirty. That's crazy. <laughs> That's cr- no wonder he got rocked. And now, who's <laughs> oh gonna be on Washington putting up thirty? So who's laughing now? Hey, he's I, lucky he got hit once. Yeah, honestly, yeah, that would have been like a four piece with a biscuit if that. Was anybody else? It definitely <laughs> helped justify Draymond just rocking the fuck out of him because that's. I was at work. I was at work when that alert came across and tackling in the middle of a hospital hallway is not Absolutely good. Not <laughs> oh my god! So, Mitch, what? Give me your uh, give me your top ten for the East now. All right. So this is where chick kind of gets off the rails. Um, it was off the rails. I I, uh, I, I think it's going over the cliff. Milwaukee and I'm betting the over on 58 games. I think they go like 60 and 22. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, followed by Boston, like a couple games behind, maybe 58, 56. Okay. Um, here's where shit gets spicy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it does. I'm f- I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. New York hopscotches Miami here, third seed. The Knicks. I, no, I can see that. The Knicks like Brotherhood like Villanova connection. I like it. And then I honestly think because of the regression, you you might hate me. I would have Philly four and Miami five. Interesting. Okay. You're, miss- you're missing a team. A t- yeah, now, you're missing on. a team. No, Just I'm not. Me. I'm not missing a team because Cleveland is not gonna is gonna be in that four five six range. They're not, sorry to say. I think they can be third, but okay. Understand. I don't think. I, do I, don't I, think third. I think. I think. I think they're. Fourth, fifth, or sixth, and this is what I mean. There's going to be two games that separate these seeds, so realistically, it's not, not going to make a difference. Yeah. You could slot Miami as far down as six, as high I think. As four. I don't know. I put I put Miami sixth, and I felt like I was being generous to them. Like they were not that good last season, as far as the regular season goes. They weren't that no, good. the regular season. They, they I mean, they worse. lost their they're, playing they're, game. Yeah, they're undoubtedly worse. They lost their their two. I I would say their two best shooters, given that Duncan Robinson it can't like consistently be in the rotation. Yeah, they lost their two most important Dude, shooters. He, they don't have a choice. He's going to have to be now. He, he has to well, be. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm not going to. That's kind of my point. Knock card because everybody faces injuries. But I also do want you to keep that in mind that their core players were missing way more games than your team and your team. I just want you to keep that in mind. Yeah. They did lose a very, I would say, core Vincent. But you know what? They did gain. They gained post-trade rumor here. And everybody knows, statistically speaking, if you survive the trade rumors three times in a row, because it's never happened before, you come out as an all-star right out of the gate. It has never happened so, Hero, well, Where's your empirical evidence you said you just had? Uh, listen, my career, I got traded. <laughs> my, my ass got traded six times in a single season. <laughs> and quantifiably, that shouldn't be possible, Did right? You- did you request these trades? Didn't be, I didn't even request. I requested one of them because I got drafted to Utah. And I, I, oh fuck that! So what year was it? What two K was this? This was eighteen. So like, shit oh, was kind of okay. whack. I, I always play as a two, so I was playing behind. Gentlemen, we have nine minutes D-Mage, left. So listen, listen. So you swap the Cleveland Cavaliers with four, five, six, and come out of the gate. They come out swinging. You got the fucking Brooklyn Nets. That's they're coming out. McCall and Cam, they're gonna be there. Then Atlanta, Indy, and then finally Toronto at ten. Because I do believe Tyrese House, whatever the fuck 
is going to happen with any iteration that Toronto runs with Scrotum or Scotty at the one. And I don't mean my, my own culture, my own team, but holy fuck, it is a saddening day. The media posts everybody smiling, like one-off pictures of everybody being like, and then if you actually watch the entire live stream, oh, yeah, just no. looking, they're, they're they're looking at the yeah. fucking yes, camera. YouTube, dead pants everywhere. Yeah. Toronto's yeah. Me- social media pages. Oh, it's like, ah, and then Precious is like, yeah. But the actual media day was fucking disheartening. Mm. So for the 10th seed, I'll, I'll fight for a playing game. Sure. Dion, you go quick. Then I'll go. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little more down on Toronto as well. So I have, I have Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland as the top three. Um, New York fourth, Philly fifth, Miami sixth. Um, and then I went back and forth. So for seven through 10, I'm going to go with Atlanta, Orlando, Toronto, and Brooklyn. But I also I have Chicago and Indiana as the 11 and 12. And I really feel like like the Pacers in particular, I really feel like they might just pop off. But at the same time, like just because of Halliburton, but at the same time, I don't really actually love the roster. But those six teams right there, I think, will be very close fighting for those those playing spots. Whereas, like, I think the top six kind of has separated themselves from the rest of the East. Yeah, I'm way higher on Indiana than you two. I had them at six. Mm. Indiana out, so, like, escaping the playing tournament entirely. So, just, Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, top three. I know, man. I had six or four still, because I think after today, James Harden, I see, has to stay. And be yeah, on his best behavior if he yeah. wants to trade. I had New York Knicks at five, Indy at six, Atlanta seven, Miami eight. Who, who am I forgetting? Who am I forgetting? The Detroit Pistons. <laughs> no. The Orlando Magic. Charlotte Hornets. The Bulls at nine. Bulls nine. And uh, um, Raptors ten. Okay. So what what has you so high in Indies? Is it just Halliburton? Catherine. And then Obi Toppin, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be really, really big for them. Okay. I thought the four a weakness for them last year, and then he slots in perfectly. O'Shea transition Brissett. threat. You say <laughs> O'Shea Brissett. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm a huge Halliburton fan, uh, about as big as they come, but I just don't think there's just a lot of talent, right? Like you look at like the forward rotation, it's pretty bleak. I, know, I like the addition of Bobby Toppin, but Bruce Brown. I, mean, I forgot. Yeah, Aaron Bruce Smith. Brown. Well, I'm not counting Bruce Brown. Their starting five is going to be. Their starting five is good. It's Allie Brown, uh, Toppin, Miles Turner. You've got Neesmith, uh, Buddy Heald off the bench. Who am I forgetting? Who's who's the other big one off the bench? I mean, Isaiah Jackson's exactly. been kind of nice. Jaris, yes. they picked up Jarris Walker too. Mm. See, they, yeah, they, it gets they have some really good quick. pieces that if they pan out, yeah. I mean, she calling me Obi. She giving me time. I don't know. I just think I just think that the talent falls off really quickly after like four or five on that roster, and I don't know. The East is really competitive. I don't know, man. Hey. Like I said, the top of the East is good. That middle tier is just in my middle tier. I mean, it's five wide open. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, it's, it's wide open. You but... you could slot them. Any, some teams are due for positive regression. Some will get some negative regression. Jalen Suggs redemption season, baby. It's coming. I can see Orlando jumping into, into uh, absolutely, yeah. I think I think Orlando will be in the mix for the plan. I think Franz will have a big season. Paolo, we'll see what happens with his jump shot. I think if he's going to be like not the worst three point shooter in the league, then they have a pretty good. I mean, uh, uh, summer that led me to think otherwise. That his free throw shooting, I did not realize he was that bad of a free throw shooter. Yeah, he's uh, he's it's weird average. because like mechanically it looks okay, right. Right, like, yeah, like there's, there's no like weird flick. There's no like weird. It's possible mechanically, yeah. But it just doesn't go in. I don't there's know what. Uh, obviously, I'm not we'll Coach Nick, the shooting coach. What What's your win total for Golden State if you had them three? Denver was gonna get like 58. I was gonna say they're around 51, 52. Mitch, I would like. In- I I I realistically only have a couple games separating. So how many uh, how many wins do you have Denver winning the conference by? What's Phoenix? It's so 58 and then 56 kind of. So do you have, do you just have like Washington and San Antonio and Houston and Charlotte and Detroit and those teams just winning like 14 games? I would be surprised if Charlotte and San Antonio got more than 25 wins. Combined? No, I agree. No, no, no. Like individually. No, but I'm just, Um, I would encourage you to do the math on all of these records. If you end up like. We don't worry about numbers, remember? 
I just he think you're predicting too many wins. Talking. I think I think you're calculating too many wins into your standings. No, 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 I don't. I don't think it's too many wins. I think that if like San Antonio and like those bottom tier teams on the middle pack of the East, uh huh, like Charlotte plays, they play Orlando what like three or four times. Four. Let's yeah. say Charlotte that puts them on a good pace. We'll have those losses to the top of the conferences. I suppose, yeah. And then if like a team like Chicago ends up tanking or something along those lines, yeah. I just think. If you're going to get, I don't really think there's going to be a lot of teams above like 52 wins, you know, because if you're getting teams in the 55 plus approaching 60 wins, like Mitch said from Milwaukee, then on the in the other side, you got to have teams that are like at 16, 18 wins in order to compensate for that. And I, don't, I just don't think any team can be that bad. I don't think any Bookies, team can be that bad. There will be two send teams this year. Book it now. Interesting. I like that. I hey, think it's uh, a 60. You- I think that's that's I'm a good just, hot I'm take. Then. I like that. Oh, okay. Two sixty-win teams. I like it. Let's lock it in. Look at here. The Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. You get some pretty good odds on that one. You think, know what? Uh, Houston's insane on two K for some reason with their new roster. They technically on paper so well have like, talented players, world, man. It does. They just have a lot of guys. It's just the team just doesn't make any sense. The funniest thing is, in uh, uh, my mic here, they traded Dylan Brooks for somebody, somebody on Memphis. Who they traded him to Memphis. That's they, they traded they traded Brooks for uh, Marcus Smart. That's what it was. Wow, oh easiest move of my fucking so life. Well, Ooh. I think I think with that, I think with that we can uh, we can wrap this one up. Thank you, Nick and Mitch, for for helping me bring the pod back, revive it. Um, now I just got to stay consistent with it as we approach the start of the regular season. We have what just 20 days, 21 days, uh, 21, 20 days, 20 more days. Three By the time this is out, it'll probably be more like 18 because it's going to take me a little while to edit it. But 20 thank you guys for coming like on all of your money in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Listen. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back with more episodes soon, and I hope everyone has a great day.